Hello and welcome to the PC Gamer UK podcast. My name is Sammy Roberts and I'm joined today by Phil Savage and Andy Kelly. We're going to talk about a few games. None of them are particularly big. Um, actually, no, that's a lie because one of them is Overwatch and that's the biggest game, isn't it? Um, yeah, I, not particularly new, maybe. Yes, exactly. Uh, there's a couple of uh, things here that are have been around for a while that we've been uh, playing for various reasons on team. And then a couple of new games as well, including the latest in the WWE series, which has come to PC really Hotly late. Hotly anticipated. <laughs> I guess, should we crack on with that then? Should we start with that? Um, I might as well. So, uh, wrestling. Uh, wrestling games. <laughs> yes. Um, I've worked in the games industry for... Games industry, games media, I guess. Games media for, like, years. And um, and uh, a friend of mine who used to work on an Xbox magazine with me always used to play wrestling games, and they'd be incredibly disappointed because every year they basically looked like PS2 games and played like PS2 games no matter what year they were released in. And it seems like they've never really spent the budget to update them and make them actually good. And, like, it seems like they, they look the same as they did, like, on PS2. Is that is that a hard, too harsh an assessment, Phil? Um, PS2 might be pushing it a little, but okay. they are not good-looking games. Uh, so WWE 2K17 is the latest. Mm. Uh, and, yeah, it's just been released on PC despite being on console since October, I think it was released. Yeah. Um... And yeah, it's it's not it's not a great looking thing. Um, it's also really variable as well. Like you can tell based on how like popular they think any particular wrestler is going to be over like the the year or so. Um, like that kind of defines how much effort they put into it. So some are only mildly kind of this this uh, grim death mask of hell. Okay. Whereas others are just like bug eyed freak people who <laughs> are like i i don't know i don't know how you thought that was acceptable oh in terms of like their likenesses yeah their likenesses yeah. Okay, yeah they always look really every wrestling game always looks really flat like there's no lighting like they just look really sterile and like as if there's no like post-processing of any kind they just look like some some polygons in a sort of sterile polygon chamber mm. even i watched you playing a new one over your shoulder and it was the same it just it doesn't they don't look like They've got an amazing amount of money behind them, yeah, which like, they probably yeah. have. If you think think about, like, was it EA does, does UFC, and that can look, like, incredibly yeah. detailed. And, yeah, the character models in that are nuts. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, this is just completely not that yeah. at all. I, I guess all the money goes on the license. Maybe that's it. Yeah, maybe. Uh, uh, yeah. I, so are all your favourites in it, Hulk Hogan, um, Hulk Wolverine, <laughs> Gibble, Gibble yeah. uh, Akeem the African Dream, Yokozuna, uh, the Beastie Boys, not the, hard, the Hardy Boys, Boys. <laughs> yeah. the Rockers, mm. Marty Jannetty, Oxide and Neutrino. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, Skrillex. <laughs> Dead mouse. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, for any wrestling fans, apologies for being facetious. Yeah, I read comic books, and comic books are just wrestling, but in on paper, yeah. which, and if I, anything, is worse. I, I've got fond memories of being into wrestling, and I, I know that I, I find myself reading about the sort of latest storylines sometimes, just to see, just enjoy the sort of absurd melodrama of it. Does this game capture the? The, the, no, the melodrama. I, like it tries. It doesn't even really try. Like whatever attempts it makes, uh, that kind of that part of wrestling are just really badly handled. I mean, the only thing it's really got going for it is like a fairly 
robust combat system. I mean, it's got all the moves in it, and a lot of them are animated quite well, and that's kind of satisfying. But it's a very sort of slow and methodical kind of system. You, you press a button combination, and that triggers an animation that will go on for a certain amount of time. So, like, your actual inputs are quite few and far between and you're just setting up these chains to an extent and it's all about reversals and that sort of thing and that's vaguely satisfying although uh it's, it's really like clunkly and sloppily handled um just basic stuff like you know if you're doing a suplex to somebody and you're too close to the ropes they'll just sort of hit the ropes and both of you will move so you're actually in the ring while you're doing it it's kind of oh, like it's kind you, of correcting your yeah, position, it, right? yeah, and it doesn't do it in like a graceful way. It just you slide. Yeah, that's like another really thing quickly. about wrestling games. There's no seamlessness where if you, if you activate a move next to the turnbuckle, the characters will sort of slide into it and it lock into the animation. Like you mm. think these things. I remember wrestling games doing this when I remember I used to play WWF Attitude on the uh, in the very very old days when I was into wrestling, and I remember it doing that then. That sort of clumsy snapping mm. between animations. You, you can cl- yeah, you, you can clearly see like they do have uh, animation things set up so you can do things on the turnbuckle, and you can like people have specific animations for like slouching against the thing, and you can do specific moves if they're if they're in that position against the corner, but if they're like not that if they're in just a lying down state but they're near the corner then it all goes horribly wrong because it doesn't think it's in the right position yeah. to do everything it's it, i mean that's really badly handled so so even the combat system isn't great and that's like probably the best part of the game all the uh story stuff which i mean let's be honest that's like the best part of the product i mean as fun as it is to watch people do ridiculous moves on each other um a lot of it is just about like these fairly compelling, like fairly simple but quite compelling stories, and they try and replicate that through promos. This promo system where you can, if you're in career mode, which is where you like create a character and try and take them through the various championships or whatever, uh, you can call out specific wrestlers or just go and sort of hype yourself up to the crowd. Um, there's absolutely no voice acting other than the commentators. So if you're doing a promo, you you stand there and you select like one of four options. Always one of like the same four options depending on what type of promo it is in like this fairly basic dialogue tree and then your character stands there mouthing silently as they perform it to the audience <laughs> and it just looks so bad yeah oh, geez. that sounds quite rough yeah. isn't, isn't one thing these games always do well uh, create a wrestler um, someone tweeted a an image of the oh, wrestler with a, uh, a body oil slider. Yeah, so my God. I, I, I can't remember if that's new to 2K17, but I was yeah. mucking about with it. And you, I mean, there are no rules in this creator. You can have eyes everywhere, basically. Like, you can create some proper freak boys. And um, yeah, one of the sliders just is how slippery they look. <laughs> if you set body oil to 100%, it's actually quite unpleasant to look at. So you look like Kakan from Street Fighter. Sort of delightful, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That is really like one of the only kind of just proper top piece of creation. That's like, yeah, that's, they always seem there. to get like yeah, creator wrestlers mode always seems to be like incredibly deep and, and detailed, and then the rest of the game doesn't quite stack up to it in terms. Yeah, of, I mean, yeah. nothing else really lands. Like the promos, like that whole system is bad, and not not just because they couldn't get people to voice act. I mean, I sort of understand them not getting every wrestler to come in and do specific voice lines but even aside from that it's all fairly generic really written like you can't 
you can't do any good promos really in the you spectating it choosing things you couldn't then think oh no that went really well i did a good job because it's it's all just based on bars and meters and really bad writing um it's also woefully out of date um i guess based on the production um one of the things that happened in wwe this year was uh they sort of split up their two shows into separate brands so you've got different rosters and different championships on raw and smackdown and one of the big storylines over the year is the two of them like competing for ratings and stuff and it's all still the same company and they've all got the same like people writing it behind the scenes but they share the same office cafeteria yeah, basically <laughs> does it yeah. incorporate that um excuse my ignorance I may be saying it wrong. The NXT thing that's got NXT, a lot of buzz right now. Yeah, uh, and, and this is yeah. Um, this sort of leads into that. It's also got NXT, um, but and that's like up and coming wrestlers. Like it's tr- yeah, it's the developmental territory. And where, don't a lot of people sort of uh, aren't? I've I've seen a few wrestling fans say like the best stuff in wrestling is happening in NXT. I mean, it depends what you like. Like um, NXT, they've got a lot more freedom to sort of... Uh, a lot of them are kind of nailing down their gimmicks and that sort of thing, so you've got more experimental stuff there. Yeah. And, yeah, it's where a lot of the indie guys go anyway, so, they, you know, a lot of them have been in the business for 10 years and they're in NXT because they've just come into WWE, so I guess they're learning that whole system. But, you know, it's people with a lot of experience, and it is, you know, a good show. But it's also quite fast-moving because it's a developmental thing, so, you know... Um, people get drafted in and go up to the main roster and that and that means like if you look at the like the current NXT champion is a guy called Bobby Roode he's not in the game he's not even in the game via DLC or anything like that and what's been his a gimmick few, is, uh, he just, is he just really ill-mannered <laughs> I, I mean yes but that's not based on his name uh he's his whole is he related to Ravish and Rick Rudd no or is that I a coincidence don't actually he's know. not part of the Rudd dynasty he's not a rude boy uh, <laughs> Does he um, does he enter the stage uh, to Robbie Williams' rude box? Is that is, uh, is that his gimmick? <laughs> no. Okay. <so laughs> we're making fun of wrestling again. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he's not in it because the game is just, so old, basically. Well, yeah, because of when it was made. Yeah, Although yeah. there are other people in it who were, who I think were around like the same time he came in, and and there've been DLC packs that have added various people from NXT and other people, but. Yeah, he wasn't one of the choices. Um, it's not like um, I mean, you know, it is. It is. Uh, this stuff must be planned out in, in advance. Why would well, they not it, know like, about this stuff? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I guess a lot of stuff in WWE sounds like it's thrown together, um, especially because you know injuries happen and things happen. Like, but the sounds, it, it must be the case that they didn't know exactly how the brand split would work, bef- like that far in advance, because it's just not in the game. And it's like that's one of the biggest things that happened in the last year, and it's not in a game called WWE 2K17, which is released on PC in February of 2017. And it just feels completely outdated, like because when that happened, they changed everything. Like they changed the layout of the arenas, they changed like the title packages, and they added new championships, they added new divisions, and none of that's in the game. So it just feels like. Like the thing with annual sports games is, you think, well, at least I'm getting an updated kind of roster of people, and you know, I'll have all the new footballers or whatever it is, even if not much else changes. Well, yeah, it's a lot of granular detail in something like FIFA, isn't it? Mm. You know, yeah. and not only does WWE 2K16 not progress things, 2K17 not progress things from 2K16 much, it doesn't even reflect what wrestling is in 2017, wow. even a little bit. Wow, that's uh, that's that's pretty damning. And I mean, there are other like so. Um, 
yeah, Bobby Roode, he's not in it, and that's fair enough. I mean, NXT is is quite a fast-paced thing. You know, it's quite difficult to predict who's going to, like, be the big star in X months' time. But the current Raw Tag Team Champions are not in the game unless you buy a Future Stars DLC pack, which is, like, eight quid. And it's like, well, they've stopped being Future Stars. They're <laughs> literally the Tag Team yeah. Champions. And they've, they've been in it, like, long <clears throat> before the brand split. They were, like, April 2016. Oh, it must have been around WrestleMania or so they came in, maybe before... Um, so I don't know why they're not there. It's it's just it's really messy. Like you can't even pick a moment in time where it's like, oh, this is a snapshot of what WWE is, and this is what you based it on. Which would be fair enough. It's like okay, so it's out of date, but at least it is consistent with like a time that I remember while watching it. It's none of that. It's just like oh, some things are like oh, okay, that happened sort of mid twenty sixteen. Other things are like why why isn't that there if this is there? There's it's. It's quite bad. It's okay. a bad game. <laughs> okay, right. Well, and yet uh, it's—I yeah. don't know. People seem to forgive it because it's like the only wrestling game out there. Yeah. Is there and anything that can be done about that? Is there any way to kind of? Uh, could there be a? W- would a wrestling game sort of survive a physics-based wrestling game? Let's say that doesn't have any kind of like licensed wrestlers, and it was all kind of original. Would that? Would that thrive at all? Do you think? I don't know. I mean. I guess if you had a good character creator, there'd probably be something in like just creating a roster based on like mm. what people have uploaded. That's very and, true, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, it would let you go a bit silly for it. And to be honest, it would let you actually do the one thing that I'm sure WWE won't let 2K or anyone who licenses them do, which is admit that it's all pre-decided and all the decisions are planned out in advance. Mm. Because you need that if you're going to tell a story, really. Yeah. You know, like, if you're going to define a story, you need to be able to say, well, okay, this is the underdog moment where he's got to rise up and, you know, he's, he's got to face trials and battle through them and all the stuff that happens. Yeah. Okay, well, I reckon if you got like platinum to like design a stable of thirty <laughs> mad fictional wrestlers yeah. and they just made an amazing like fun slick wrestling game, I'd be I wouldn't I'd be up for that. Like even if they were made up, you could expect a company like that to come. I up with you, need, you need that sort, sort of, of dynamic flowing thing, and you can probably like I don't need like individual recreations of every wrestler's moves because you sort of more want the feeling of you know what you're watching rather than like trying to like a poor copy of it and you just don't get that like infuriatingly infuriatingly it doesn't even follow the actual rules of the actual product that it's mimicking so just now before i came down and was sort of playing it and um i was in a one-on-one match uh against some rando and uh, I was also locked in a rivalry with some other wrestler, and they came out mid-match to sort of observe things. And, um, you know, that's something that happens all the time, fair enough, that's not a problem. But then there's a point where I get thrown out of the ring, and my rival gets up and hits me. And that's an automatic disqualification. Uh, so, like, I should win by DQ if that happens, but they just, like, fudge it and are like, oh, no, that's fine. Uh, so at that point, it becomes a two-on-one beatdown. Okay. All in front of the ref, no disqualification, that's fine. So I'm like, all right, okay, I'll go to the bottom of the ring, I'll grab a sledgehammer out, and I'll start actually fighting back. The minute I hit someone with a weapon, it was a disqualification. And I'm like, why does that? Why does the rule apply in this one situation and not in this other? When, like, these, like the rules in wrestling are fudged all the time, but that is one thing that isn't. It's like, if a ref sees interference from outside, that's a disqualification. So it's... An outdated representation of the product. It doesn't follow the actual rules of the sport it's meant to represent. Yeah. 
Uh, and uh, yeah, and, and it plays like a game from about six or seven. It's years like ago. a game from yeah, you know, five six years ago, and it's already released five or six months too late <laughs> on PC. Is there any reason to buy it whatsoever? No, there really isn't. No. Well, okay then. Let's talk about Take on Mars. <laughs> <laughs> um, Andy, you, uh, you you've got a champion this game for a long time. Um, yeah. It's uh, I first played this at E3 2013, which is. Uh, how long it's been in development, but that's because I think it's kind of spearheaded by one guy at Bohemia yeah. Interactive, and um, yeah, I think there's a small team that's kind of emerged around it. It's become this kind of cult hit. Um, it's still uh, released before Daisy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yes, it's uh, um, it's it's kind of a cool novel, uh, sort of Mars-based uh, uh, sort of space exploration simulator or space yeah. colonization simulator. What is it exactly? I should stop talking. <laughs> well, um, yeah, it came out in early access in 2013. Which is when I started playing it, and it's just been released. Um, the version 1.0 has just come out today, um, and it's yeah, it's like a. It has it's got the same sort of feel as Armor. Um, there's links to Armor and the fact it's Bohemia. I think it's a new engine, mm. um, based on Armor's tech, um, but it still has that Armor feeling where it's like a s- incredibly complex, deep simulation, but also kind of clumsy and. Um, unwieldy right. to control um, so it started out as a basically a, a rover exploration sim where you land on Mar- uh, Mars with a like curiosity style rover and you trundle around doing science experiments and stuff like that and that's what got me into it because it appealed to me in that sort of Euro truck simulator way where it was just fun mm. and relaxing just to sort of because the, the, the recreation of Mars like look, it's really atmospheric like um, so just sort of rolling around listening to the wind and probing soil, I found very entertaining in a weird <laughs> way. Um, but then it, I think they probably realised that that's not going to turn it into a you know a massive raging success. Yeah. So they added manned missions, I think, in like twenty four fifteen or, or something, and so the game sort of slowly morphed into like a base building colony thing. Um, you can still do the space. There's like a whole space program mode where you're building rovers and managing your economy and stuff to. Um, upgrade your equipment so you, you start with just a rover that has no wheels and has a black and white camera and as you earn more money you can upgrade it so you can have a full color camera HD camera and stuff like that and just you know there's it's a good progression to it but there's also manned missions now where you can either do it as a sandbox um, where you land on Mars then you have to you can just build whatever you want from scratch using 3D printers it's set slightly in the future so the, the way you can generate bits to build a colony is because you've got a magic 3D printer that can print like a wall, you know, mm. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and all that stuff's fine. It's, I mean, I, I had a lot of fun just um, some, it's got Steam Workshop support, it's got, like Armour, it's got a really deep editor as well, so you can make your own scenarios. And someone made mm. like a, um, basically one based on the Martian, you know, survival thing. And I wrote a feature for us, a diary feature of me just, you know, going through that scenario and surviving and building a base and growing food and stuff like that. And that was really fun. But it, it is, hampered by that kind of just really sl- quite sluggish controls and like inaccurate placement of objects and it just feels a bit ropey right um which is quite annoying sometimes and you know you move really slow and the physics are really floaty because obviously there's less gravity on Mars. so i don't know if i can <laughs> so blame them for that but um yeah so they've added in this full release they've added like a single player campaign with like a story and dialogue where you play as a guy, a guy called mark willis uh, which sounds a lot like Mark Watney, mm. the chap from The Martian, and it, it's and it's the same thing where you start off um, 
uh, waking up, you know, your, your first manned mission to Mars, your ship crashes and all the other astronauts are dead. And you, it's really atmospheric. You wake up and your oxygen's got, you've got like 10 seconds of oxygen left. Your helmet's all smashed and you've, you've got to sort of search the debris for oxygen and slowly sort of find materials and sort of find a way to basically communicate back to Earth. And it's like a whole, you know, it's segmented in, segmented into missions and it's actually really well done where like your first one will just be finding oxygen. Then it will cut to a flashback of you training on the moon and it will jump forward again and suddenly you have to find food and then you have to find a bit to build a vehicle and like it just, it, it's like it teaches you the game system. So after mm-hmm. you've done the story, you can go back to sandbox mode and know what everything does. So it's, it serves two purposes. Um, if you want to just experience a sort of riff on the Martian, mm. um, that's fun and also teaches you how the rest of the game works. Um, but there's, yeah, there's just, I don't know what, it's, I couldn't give it glowing praise. Like I'm in the middle of reviewing it at the moment. Um, just because of that sort of roughness around the edges, even after it's come out of early access, just just stuff like walking through narrow spaces and interacting with switches just feels a lot more clumsy than it should. Mm. Um, even when you turn off like mouse smoothing and other stuff to combat it, um, it just it, the whole the experience of playing isn't that enjoyable. But the things you do are okay. enjoyable. So it's that's the kind of hurdle in the way of it. Whereas I just love the atmosphere. Um, you can turn realistic sand simulation on or off. So if you turn it off, you can hear the wind and you know the sound of stuff happening, and it's properly atmospheric. The sound design's great, like in armor. You know that feeling of armor does sound really well. Yeah. It looks great. The re- um, each area is a recreation of a real place in Mars, so it's all scientifically accurate and all that. All that stuff's brilliant. The space element of it um, and building the base and stuff like that is quite enjoyable. But just the <laughs> the hurdle of like doing stuff feels so laborious and it feels like such a chore like I just wish it was slicker you know yeah um, but yeah no, it's, it's definitely an interesting game I don't know what I'm going to score it yet but I've played it for almost 30 hours and early access um, and uh, you know like 4 or 5 hours in the final release so far and you know obviously it must be doing something right if I've played it for that long but yeah how how fastidious is it in terms of like the simulation because one of the things with armor like even with its dumb fun carts dlc like we found out that if you even so much as like touch a cart together with another one the half your cart is broken <laughs> yeah. because the simulation this is like no your engine will not survive that yeah it's exactly the same thing so right. you can be you can take your brand new rover out that you've just spent millions of space bucks on and you'll you know you'll do the whole landing sequence you'll land in the the pod and you'll slowly trundle off the pod and if you just you know drive into a rock just the wheel will fall off <laughs> and it'll be, st- it'll be stuck there forever <laughs> and that uh, factors into the game actually because it's like a uh, into the economy side of it where you're like I've just wasted all that money it's going to blow my right. space program whereas I guess the idea that yeah it's just going to blow my space program <laughs> <laughs> just like what happens at NASA <laughs> and you can like sorry go, guys we fucked it <laughs> yeah. and it's quite after you've been playing space program for a while you you once you're trundling around in like another rover you'll see the sort of shattered remnants of missions you f- fucked up that's so quite cool I quite, I quite like, that. like that that they stay there and there's permanence to it but it's quite one of the neat things about Kerbal Space Program is like you can choose to have the permanence there you, I mean you can just instantly recover anything but you can also just say like alright well you're orbiting in space forever because you ran out of fuel yeah. and that's just your fate now <laughs> yeah. and you move on right <laughs> yeah I like, I like that and it, maybe one day in four years I'll come for <laughs> yeah. a rescue mission but for now <laughs> they seem to 
they would originally the game was a lot more scientific like for ages in early access whenever you probed a bit of soil or something a little screen would come up saying like placeholder and they planned to put like a data system in where you could actually like you know <laughs> really learn about Mars's yeah, soil. The fun, like, yeah, yeah, the funny uh, it's funny because when I saw the um, when I first saw it at E3, uh, I think the guy the guy demoing it who was like I think the creative lead on it could tell I didn't quite have the attention span for the type of game it was, <laughs> and then went, "What if I show you this?" And then put on like, um, "Show me how you can make something explode," and, like, <laughs> or you can spawn like a silly vehicle onto Mars, and like yeah. maybe it's a car or like an actual car or something. Um, in order to pique my interest, a very <laughs> yeah. jet-lagged journalist who didn't really care about Mars or soil. Yeah. yeah well, um, I mean, if you're gonna go to E3 with that, you know, at least <laughs> yeah. at least have a Mako prepared to put in there. <laughs> it's I kind of appreciated that someone was making something that specific, though. Yeah. You know, that's. Uh, that's a cool thing, you know. But they've really that stuff they didn't go through with it, and there is no that system just didn't happen because they all their attention went to. I mean, obviously okay. the building bases and harvesting materials is is the hot new game type that every dev wants to, you know, make and have become a YouTube sensation. Yeah. So they really focus more on that stuff, um, and I think it lost something a bit of. Yeah. It became a bit less unique because the base building and stuff, whilst enjoyable isn't as good as in several other high-profile sort of survival building games. Well, definitely yeah. Yeah, more like the idea of sort of just tooling around, gathering data, progressing yeah. it. Then again, I also like Euro Truck Simulator, yeah. so maybe we're just weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, okay, interesting. Does this yeah. mean, though, that finally a survival game has come out of early access? Sort of, It I does, guess. yeah. But then, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Apparently, the Hunter Survival or something is coming out of Early Access as well. So, yeah, yeah apparently it's happening more and more. I do wonder if someone could mod uh, Take on Mars into quite an interesting sort of like Mars-based kind of combat sandbox game, like multiplayer game. I think the, the editor is flexible. I think people have made some mad game modes, but I don't know if you can import your own models and stuff yet because mm. you could do some interesting... Because the, 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 the scenario editor is quite powerful, actually. I had an idea of making a sort of horror game in it. Oh, yeah. Where you can set flags for things to happen, and you can mm. uh, write messages on like little data pads and leave them strewn around. So can, you can, can you write? Can you write on walls? In yeah, well you can. But you could you could use in the tools like you could make a decent like little narrative horror experience. We should you, we should do in that space. in the magazine. You should do um, mm. you should create that, and Phil can go through it. And yeah, like, that's uh, yeah. yeah. That that might justify me spending time on it if I'm doing it for work. So I might look yeah, at it. Yeah, be that. cool. Yeah, and it, it, it's that kind of same with armor as well. Like, there's yeah. mods for armor. Someone made a hiking mod for armor, and I spent ages in it. We just walk around. Oh, Daisy, obviously. As a backpacker, yeah. Yeah. So, so it's got that. There's definitely shared elements for the armor games, but yeah, it's just it just has it has that armor clumsiness. So you know, what, like just climbing over a fence and armor mm. can be a little. <laughs> sure. It's yeah. that same sort of feeling, and like if you're in a tight space. Oh, sometimes you just like if your buggy clips a rock, it'll just flip over forever, and because of the low gravity and stuff like that. It just yeah, it needs, it needs a bit of. I was hoping when it came out of early access, it would be super tight and polished, but it's not quite. But it is an amazing, weird game that if you're in a space and simulation, it is probably worth a look. Okay, cool. Shall we uh, use that as a kind of segue into Armor Three then, which we're going to talk about a little bit. Um, in uh, yeah, in Armor Three's uh, Tenoa expansion, I think that's where we were, what was it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> New um, Jungle Apex Island. Yes, uh, Apex, that's it. Yes, yeah. of course, Apex. Um, 
uh, Andy, uh, for a magazine feature coming in our issue on sale in March, uh, created a series of Olympic-style events uh, in, in Armour's uh, Zeus mode, where you can uh, place objects and uh, weapons or uh, whatever you want, basically, into the uh, environment in real time. Yeah, it's and, basically um, like the editor, but it's happening whilst players are running around in there, so if you drop something, it'll just appear in front of them, which mm. is really cool. You can just make um, scenarios mm. on the fly. Um, yeah, because we did. Or it. you can just spam sheep. Exactly. You just <laughs> just can do anything. You can call an airstrike, so take control of tanks, or take control of helicopters, or drop in animals. Yeah, and stuff like that. But we we did it before where we did a straight up like I just made missions, mm. whereas this is a bit more guided. Where it was I made sport sporting events. Yeah, within the armor engine. It was really good. Like, um, it's it was interesting seeing how they panned out. I kind of don't want to spoil them because um, that's like part of the fun of the feature. We're but talking like, about uh, one, I guess. Yeah, should we talk about the first one as a kind of teaser? Yeah, yeah we can do death carts. Death carts. Yeah. yeah. You See, I, death carts? I sat last year and I think end of November and like sat in the and this mode on my own and like just flew around the map thinking about events. Mm. Yeah. Based on locations, which is, and I saw like the there's an aerodrome up to the north uh, east of the map that's basically a big looped runway so I thought that's a race course and then I remembered there's go-karts in it I thought we'll have a go-kart race and then I thought that's boring it's a military game why don't I litter the course with sort of sheep and blown up cars and <laughs> and wreckage and then why don't I call an airstrikes and <laughs> And then why don't I control a tank and then trundle around firing shells at the, at the go-karters <laughs> and it turns out some of those things happened, but some of them didn't. So, yeah, a yeah, few, yeah, a few yeah. things. I think. I think we've all struggled with a few things. Definitely on our first attempt round. One is that uh, carts do not necessarily imply cart handling when you're in armor. No, uh, they are. You're not skidding around like very, <laughs> very <laughs> slippery. Power slide. Sort of things. No. Uh, yeah. They. Uh, if if you touch almost anything, you're just going to flip over, yeah. and one of your wheels will be off, or it'll yeah. blow up, or it'll blow up. Yeah. So the first a first attempt was I was calling in howitzer strikes, um, which I'm sure look very dramatic, but because the, well. the the radius is so wide, the slightest bit of shrapnel touch, just touches a cart, then it breaks down, and so before it even done one loop, <laughs> thing is, yeah, everyone yeah. had broken down. It didn't or died. even so much look dramatic as much as I was just going along normally, and then suddenly it said you're dead, and I just <laughs> didn't know why that happened. <laughs> yeah. It was really cool. Uh, my though. first thought was, has Landy laid mines? Because that's a bit much. And yeah. like, no, just airstrikes. <laughs> Thing is, I, I, um, I, I, uh, uh, while there, there was a, there were a few teething problems in actually like getting the event complete uh, in terms of us actually all getting around the track three times. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it is genuinely brilliant. The uh, Zeus, um, mm. Zeus mode in Armor Three, like. Um, yeah, like armor is a little bit like haphazard to kind of control at times, but there's nothing else like it. And and living in those set pieces that you're creating on the fly is so much more exciting than any scripted set piece in a, any other video game because it's just it's you doing it live. Yeah. That's seeing those kind of like howitzers go off while I was driving around the track at full speed and just <laughs> thinking, "Fuck, <laughs> that was Andy." Yeah, it's, see, I've uh, never so cool. I've so never cool. been on the receiving end of this, so to speak. Um, <laughs> That does sound like a euphemism. <laughs> yeah. So I've you know I've played quite a lot of Zeus as Zeus, um, yeah. but I've never. But for me, the the joy of that mode is just mischief. Like mm. seeing you being able to float above the map and see you guys running around and like, yeah, being able to just 
shit you up with a sudden lightning bolt or spawn a lot of shit around you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, a lot of developers spend a lot of money trying to get that kind of sense. You know, you like Left 4 Dead's AI director or yeah. whatever, but it's still not the same as when you've just got Andy giggling in the corner because he's about <laughs> yeah. to do something. Also, I thought that, like, um, the the other events Andy came up with alongside that genuinely brilliant and, like, all very different and one was slightly survival horror and one well a couple one was kind of death matchy we'll say the names yeah. and tease them so there was death carts yeah. which you already know about there was bird of prey which was my favorite that mm. was mm. that was good yeah there was uh, deep trouble which yeah we'll, 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 you can read about that <laughs> in yeah. the magazine yeah and there was uh, shoot to kill uh, which was an interesting marksmanship challenge mm, and yeah. there was uh, battle royale at the end yes yes um, and the, the yeah they're all designed to sort of test a different ability um but mainly they all just devolved into just death and but i, I don't know chaos. They, they did all uh they they did uh, you know both times we've done this dharma just really impressed me about the kind of possibilities of that mm. game like yeah i think it's such a it's such a, a force a force of good in pc gaming i really armor. would like to get to grips with its scenario editor yeah more so than take on mars i think that the, the just the amount of mods and things in armor anyway yeah the, the sort of things you could do if you were making custom missions in that is pretty amazing. yeah i did a uh, i sat and played a lot of people's custom missions for a feature for the website and some of them were just so so well designed you can you know you can do cut scenes and someone's done a campaign basically in the editor that is as good as the bohemia one it's got mm. voice acting and mission multi-part missions and uh, objectives that can change mid-mission and stuff like that and i so, can't remember what it's called but somebody did one that is basically what Far Cry 2 should have been which is like you just put onto the island is and you're given the same game but with no uh, no malaria sort of <laughs> no but you're given like this is the person you've got to kill on this island and the entire thing is trying to do missions and find out how to learn their identity oh cool um, which yeah. is it's just a really good idea so and, yeah. you know it's a bit clunky in places because it's a mod doing quite an ambitious thing but it, it works well enough that you can sort of start to narrow it down and yeah it was a really interesting yeah challenge in that another thing is like if for people who never kind of like played armor uh, or haven't played it since like two um like i think it maybe it was apex added like an incredibly good tutorial mm. it's actually genuinely yeah. uh, genuinely funny and very it's very easy to get to grips with and uh, mm. yeah, yeah. See, it's, you still have to be told how to climb over things, but uh, well, yeah, yeah. That's because I had to leave the tutorial halfway through and start playing the game and uh, start the events. <laughs> it's quite um, long, yeah, yeah. But the clamber animation, yes. Um, I wish yeah. I'd played up to the bit that where it tells you that you have to press shift to go a bit faster in your car. Yes, because, yes. Yeah. Giving nothing away. Someone on the team knew that the rest of us didn't, and maybe uh, they had a slight advantage. <laughs> maybe they did, and maybe they only told us once the race was over. I had to disqualify someone as well from death carts for taking the death part too seriously yes. and getting a bit trigger happy, despite me expressly forbidding uh, harming each other. So that employee has been reprimanded. <laughs> okay, um, you can actually punish players as Zeus now and like make them do push-ups. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, like, it's just you just click on them and force them to do push-ups as a punishment. Not real life obviously because no. after two i think uh, without exception everyone in the team would have vomited <laughs> and passed out <laughs> but um yeah. yeah you can read about that next issue along with some photos of us looking ridiculous yeah it's gonna be fun we're doing the photo shoot next wednesday as we as we talk about this but then the issue's out on 9th of march and uh we'll have uh, mountain blade 2 on the cover and uh we'll have a, a free uh, beta key for gwent so that's good hmm. uh 
yeah, okay, cool. Um, then lastly, what we're going to talk about before we move on to loads of reader questions, which is nice, um, is Overwatch, Phil, which you've got uh, back Overwatch. into. I think after I mentioned that I was going to try and get into it, you Yeah, we were talking about it for a while, and I think the long-standing prejudice is about character shooters, uh, uh, look, and then we... The prejudice is way too extreme a word. <laughs> it's like a, a cautious attitude towards. All right, all right, all right. But then again, that's probably what uh, a racist would say, isn't it? So... <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, let's just move on. Yeah. Um, um, did you ever actually try it? Overwatch. Yeah. yeah, I played about ten hours of the um, beta. Okay. I just never played the full release. Oh, fair enough. And I thought I thought it was good. It was just slightly too complex for me to 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 learn really, uh, mm. or, or not really the sort of thing I would typically play anyway. But um, I certainly respect it and its uh, the variety <laughs> of uh, its character abilities. Anyway, go on. Yeah, I dip into it every few months, and then uh, this time I actually finally unlocked competitive mode. Mm. Uh, which is that you have to reach level 25, I think it is, uh, before you can actually go into the ranked system. Um, so, yeah, I thought I'd check that out, uh, and that involved a bunch of placement matches um, in which I finally learned what toxic community meant in regards to Overwatch. Oh, yeah? <laughs> oh, yeah, there's some, some salty people up in that... up in that game well it's always going to happen when you've got what 25 million players you know mm. like it's uh yeah it's uh, and, and is there really any online game where that's not the case almost certainly not no i think my problem is i have like i'm just conditioned to not take any of this stuff seriously um so i placed in silver rank which is the second lowest right and i'm fine with that that'll do yeah it's, it's, at least it's not bronze yeah uh, but i think i'm gonna get wood that's what i'm gonna have, I'm gonna have wood <laughs> rank you know copper. <laughs> we, we created a brand new rank <laughs> just for you um so yeah uh, i was in uh, after being ranked i was in a match predominantly like a few silver and gold players uh and uh, somebody picked sombra who's the newest hero right um she sort of she, i think her job is to sort of get behind enemy lines and she can sort of hack them and disable their abilities um but isn't great at damage and stuff. I think it's it's one of those sort of high skill ceiling things where if you if you're really good at it, you can sort of cause some proper mischief. But if you play it badly, it's gonna it's not gonna go as well. And this guy was admittedly playing it badly, and two other players were absolutely furious at them for <laughs> it. It was uh, and, and it was the proper kind of screaming, mic'd up, angry twenty somethings. Uh, just that's generous. Come on, there were surely twelve. Uh, I mean, <laughs> if they were twelve, they'd voice modulated so that they sounded a bit older. That's what a twelve-year-old would do, Phil. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Sound um, like a much older man. So yeah, it's just kind of fascinating to see like how angry they get at it. Right. Okay. Like, uh, uh, so that's a shame. But is it possible to play an effective game of Overwatch without voice chat, or do you just absolutely need, you just need it? Um, okay, yeah. Especially if you're sort of in the lower ranks, like a few people really think you should be organising everything, but uh, at a certain level of play, there's just not needed. So would you consider switching it off then, or do you just not care at this point? I like I'm never mic'd up myself, and to be honest, I find that the actual people who do talk more amusing than anything else. <laughs> yeah, because usually enough. they're not shouting at me. Because what I found is the best trick is just pick support. And then people are so grateful that they don't have to play support that they won't have a go at you. <laughs> Unless you're, like, really kind of overtly, noticeably incompetent. Okay. People will just sort of leave you alone. 
All right, well, that's that's uh, that's good. That's good. So, uh, yeah, so you basically haven't played it much since launch when you reviewed it for us. Um, how much have you found it kind of like... How much has it kind of shifted around in terms of, uh, you know, character balancing since you, you first um, played it? It's actually... It's difficult to say because I think most of the characters I gravitate towards, which a lot of them were sports and then a few of the um, attack classes, haven't actually been balanced too wildly. Um, I mean, there are... There are definitely. Like, I think the problem is like people get really sort of amped up about balance changes and where the meta is and who you should be playing and who you shouldn't be picking, and I mean clearly they do because some people get angry about that in voice chat. Hmm. But it doesn't actually matter, okay? Unless you're actually in the pro scene or one of the top ranked people, the idea of a meta is kind of redundant. Yeah, absolutely. Like. Um, like if you're comfortable with playing a particular character, it doesn't matter if they're not maximum efficiency, because you're going to perform better by doing things that you know. Yeah, and that can be valuable. Um, so I think like Hanzo has been kind of neglected by the high-level community for a while. Um, yeah, I don't think he's seen as particularly useful. But if, if you're good at Hanzo, you're gonna cause some trouble. For the people who aren't, you know, MLG Pro strap peeps. Yeah, which applies to pretty much everyone who which plays Overwatch. Most of us, yeah. 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 Okay. Interesting. Well, um, I'm I am I am going to uh, get into Overwatch. I've I'm, I'm I've vowed to give it at least ten hours. Um, not just because we're going to be playing it with some readers. At the we do have to play it with week. some readers, and yeah. that actually at that point I am going to be shouting. <laughs> um, <laughs> we can't lose the readers. <laughs> no, it's true. That's happening at the PC Gamer Weekender though. on the 18th and 19th of February. So um, yes, we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, but yes, okay, cool. Overwatch then. Mm. Still uh, still good, I it's guess. All right, yeah, yeah, it's good. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, Move on to some reader questions then, which I have tons of. So. I might be a bit selective, actually. Let's go with this one first, because uh, Andy said he liked this one. Um, this is from uh, Steelman21. Um, what are some of the games you guys don't get? Uh, the games that have everyone else raving and lapping praise on them, but you play and just go, eh, it's okay. Curious, as I find myself in the minority occasionally not understanding a particular game's huge success. Um, so, Andy, what, let's start with you, then. Um, well, I, I guess not... I, in my head, I read the question more as not games that are a success, but that are widely praised. Yes. Yeah. So I guess one games I've tried to get into loads of time, like more than once. Mm. I've tried to get into Stalker, Shadow of Chernobyl, mm. probably I'd say fifteen times, including wow. once recently. And I would just hit a brick wall with it really early on, like something about the the structure, even though it's the concept, the environment, and the mood and all that is totally, you know perfect for my tastes yeah the actual structure of the game i always bounce off of so that's a big one undertale i've tried to play three times and gotten like 25 minutes in each time and went eh, it's not for me is it kind of like um i always thought undertale was one of those things you kind of needed to play after having already played earthbound on snes which um i know is a weird thing to say but i think it's like it seems so so close to it in terms of its sort of style and references. Maybe I'm wrong about that. I've not played yeah, it. I've played it. Earthbound, um, and it didn't. It didn't. Yeah, it just didn't appeal to me at all. Even though, like, from what I've heard and I've seen screenshots of dialogue and stuff, that I thought that looks really funny. But yeah, I do. Sure. Like, I do like Earthbound. Actually, it's cool. It's a cool. 
it's it, it, it's genuinely kind of amusing and different yeah. JRPG. Uh, yeah, it doesn't look quite nice. Yeah, that's, yeah, something about Undertale. Despite we give it ninety something, and people rave about it. I've yeah. tried to play it. Probably never try it again now. I've, I've given it a shot. And to- uh, Total War games as well. I've <laughs> tried to play so many times. I think the furthest I got with one was Warhammer, um, which I played for like six or seven hours. But every other, I always just start them and the camp, the grand campaign thing just mm. gets too overwhelming. And I just, oh, I can't, it's too much. Right, I haven't going even on. started Total War Warhammer because it's, it's not so much like I wouldn't get into it. It's more like thinking about the time commitment it'll take to actually get anywhere in the campaign. Yeah. It's just like, and then you sort can fail daunting. the campaign. Yeah. Like, even if you try really hard, you can still mess it all up. So, um, yeah, that's another one. So, yeah, these are all games I want to like. And I yeah. know that I should, but I just for some whatever reason, hit a brick wall. We talked a bit about this week about uh, how I think both me and Andy had reached the same point in The Evil Within from yeah. Bethesda yeah. as well and, and had stopped. Exactly uh, the same Exactly the same area, point. yeah. yeah. It's like it's this bit that goes on for way too long where there's this chainsaw guy tied up and like I know that I should love it because uh, I don't think there's a single except for maybe PNO3 a single Sh- uh, Shinji Mikami game that I've not enjoyed. Um, so uh, yeah. yeah, it's... Um, <clears throat> Makes no sense, really. Yeah, yeah, I tried to play that recently after finishing Resi 7. I was keen for more sort of uh, that flavour of horror. Mm. And, yeah, just for the third time, I think I tried to play it, got to that bit and got killed by the Chainsaw Man and then got kicked back to the start of the whole set piece with all the enemies that I killed back alive again. And yeah. Went, nah, nah. I mean, I finished it, that set piece, <clears throat> and Chainsaw opened the gate to get to the next bit, but I just still still never went back. So yeah. um, one, day I, one day I will try. But uh, yeah, how about you, Phil? Um, I mean the obvious one, which is Dark Souls. Uh, yeah, same. So very widely regarded thing. Got into Bloodborne. You know, got quite a way through that. I, I mean, I never completed it. I'll go back one day. But yeah, did alright at that. I think that. I think the sort of the speed and pace of combat in Bloodborne sort of appeals to me more. Whereas Dark Souls is more like, oh, you've got your shield and it's all about yeah. blocking and that. Whereas Bloodborne is just dodging and slashing and counters there's part of me that particularly with Bloodborne that it, the world is so nice that I actually can't I kind of feel like I'm missing out from not seeing as much of it as I can mm. so that kind of keeps me going back every now and then um, Dark Souls uh, kind of like medieval gothic world doesn't quite yeah. do as much but yeah, yeah that's fair enough yeah, um, that was um, one for me for a while but I finally broke through with Dark Souls 3 mm. and finished that so after trying to play the first one yeah four or five times there was something about 3 that hooked me so if you're thinking you can get into Dark Souls I'd say try three interesting a lot of people say it's like greatest hits of Dark Souls maybe that's why it's like all the best bits of it in one game so yeah yeah. Um, it took me a good three or four attempts to get into Deus Ex the the first one Um, I just bounced off the first level a lot I think because um, when I play stealth games I always try to do like proper silent run nobody detects you that sort of thing and that's very hard to do in Deus Ex because you're so underpowered at the start of it. Oh, and particularly on uh, that first level because yeah, exactly. you're in big open spaces as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the mechanics are kind of weird anyway in terms <laughs> yeah. of like the enemy AI is a bit weird. Um, so, I mean, it, it really did just come down to accepting that it's not going to be a flawless run and just doing whatever I had to to get through that first level, at which point you sort of you, you know enough about it to sort of continue on. Mm. 
Um, okay, interesting. I'm trying to think of some other examples for me. Like, um, there are certain genres I just don't get anyway. Yeah. Um, multiplayer shooters are just not for me, I don't think. I don't think actually multiplayer games <clears> generally <throat> are, although um, perhaps co-op is, and I'm just being a bit... Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I've, I've never enjoyed one-on-one multiplayer games as a rule, like RTSs and things. I just find that really stressful. Yeah. Uh, at least with online shooters, you can sort of hide away <clears> in the pack a bit and <laughs> just be quietly competent and <laughs> not have to worry about anybody. Um, Fighting games oh. for me. I can never get into find them to uh, is it you play online once I remember trying to get into street, Ultra Street Fighter 4 on PC and tried multiplayer and just got so devastated by people that oh. knew every nuance of their character yeah I'd never go like, online like, I consider myself yeah. quite good at Soul Calibur 2 but that's because I've never been, you know <laughs> yeah. tried to play well that's the best beat em up of all time that's the yes. one that I, <laughs> I, I love Soul Calibur 2 oh, what a game that, that was that was a good game um, mm. Yeah, like uh, I've, um, I kind of feel the same way about BMLs, but I did get into the story mode of Injustice, which I thought was really good fun and really stupid. Like um, Chris reminded me of the, the other day. Remember, there is a bit where lots of crabs attack a city, and he's right; that does happen. Is it a- Aquaman commanding them? Yeah, I think so. Something like that. And it's such a like a jank- <laughs> why not? It's such a, such a janky looking game, and every cutscene in it is like, uh, oh, "Do you say something about my mum? No. Well, let's fight anyway." But it's like, I mean, I'm paraphrasing there, but like, um, there was something so appealing about it, really tapping into the fundamental stupidity of those comics. And how like, do they? Yeah. How could Superman have a health bar? Is he weakened by? <laughs> is he wearing kryptonite pants or something? They really don't explain it enough. No. To- <laughs> I mean, how does Superman get beaten by Green Arrow, who's just a man with a bow and arrow? But what it happens, of, you know. Do they do they have excuses in the comics like, oh, there's a there's a heightened amount of kryptonite in the air or something? Yeah, that's that's it. Batman's got a kryptonite ring, and I think yeah. like um, I think in Dark Knight Returns, uh, Oliver Quinton, uh, sorry, Green Arrow's got a. Um, a kryptonite arrow as well you know yeah. basically, there's always some of it handy if you need to you know for balancing purposes it's really not that precious material is it it's like, <laughs> yeah. no it's kind of like aluminium really. <laughs> it's just yeah. around because they, they yeah when you know when they designed Superman's weakness they didn't think of uh, having a explain it away in video games with health bars well that's they? it or, or even that like Superman would end up fighting other superheroes when they created that character in 1939 they never thought that he would <laughs> yeah. have to they never regularly the fight all these characters <laughs> yeah exactly um, okay cool that's a good lot of examples for that isn't it yeah, um, this is uh, quite a good one it's a sequel to a question we got asked uh, last week um, from the same uh, reader where we got asked about our favourite films and how they inform our video game takes this time about books um, I wonder if that got, if that applies to uh, either of you guys. I mean, actually, uh, I'm glad this came up just because of I had a thought about the films question last week. Oh yeah, uh, and it kind of gels into books as well because I think a lot of like the fa- my favorite examples of a media are quite specific to that media. Hmm. So like, one of my favorite books is Cloud Atlas by uh, I was David Mitchell. That oh, well. yeah. That's what that's my favorite book because, <clears throat> at, but but it's not a thing that could be applied to games really. Like you could do a Telltale I mean, Adventure for each time, <laughs> each time periods a different. Oh, don't. Uh, <laughs> don't. But I mean, I think. Um, <laughs> I think if uh, the makers of the film Cloud Atlas have proved anything, is that Cloud Atlas doesn't translate to other media very well. I oh, like that's harsh. I'm, I, the, I mean, I'm the film liker. No, like, only as like a companion to the book. I don't, yeah. I don't dislike yeah, the yeah. film. I just think it's complete folly. And it doesn't <laughs> actually work or really represent what the book is doing. Yeah, they do change so much as well. To yeah, make yeah, it yeah, make yeah, sense, like, yeah. I, I don't think it works as a thing. It's enjoyable to watch. Yeah. It's a... It's, one of the best film trailers ever made is the yeah. Cloud Atlas films trailer. Should, should but... say actually for anyone who doesn't know, um, it's Cloud Atlases by David Mitchell, and it's like a not the uh, comedian, not the comedian mm. David Mitchell. But it's like um, 
It's like a bunch of different stories in very different time periods that all have some connective tissue and all yeah, sort of mostly uh, follow thematic, a similar theme. Yeah, yeah. yeah and the, the, the character in one story will always read the story of the previous character in the yeah. previous <clears throat> bit, and then and it, each, it's kind of structured like a pyramid. Mm. Um, yeah, and, yeah, and each chapter's like written in a different style, so one's written like an old 19th century sailor's diary, one's written like an airport, trashy airport thriller novel, mm. and, and, and one one's is, written in a, a mad... Utterly incomprehensible. Post-apocalyptic yeah. language. As in, like, <laughs> 5,000 years in the future, humanity has been wiped yeah. out and had to recreate language, and it just sounds like a bizarre... Um, yeah, it's hard, it's hard It's hard work, that, but you do... By the end of that chapter, you feel like you've got your head around I think, it. like, most of the chapters, other than the more contemporary ones, are a case of re- you've really got to sort of tune in your eye to them and, like, <clears throat> the, the kind of pace and style of the dialogue. So and I'm really curious about how this connects to games and your interest in games as well. Like, uh, Well, that's my point. Like, I don't think Cloud Atlas does necessarily because it is, like... Because it's one of my favourite things. Like, it's one of my favourite things because of how well it suits the media that it is. Mm-hmm. And to an extent, that's true with films. However, going back, I think the trashy films I like probably are a better representation of the sort of games I like. Okay. So I, I will always watch um, the subgenre of film that is mm. a lot of people are stuck in a room and there are rules. So, Cube. A lot of people are stuck in a room, and there are rules for how they have to proceed. What, or, what about that film set in an elevator where the devil's there? Yeah, I've watched that. <laughs> um, it's produced by Shyamalan, I think. There's one about like uh, an interview. Uh, I think it's called The Exam. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a British film, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. They're, they're all uh, just stuck in a room, and they're told some rules, and they have to figure that out. Okay. There's another one, a really terrible one that I saw on Netflix. Do you like it's... the bottle episodes of Community by any chance? Yes. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. But, uh, you know, they are all systems-driven films where yeah, yeah, like yeah. everything about them is laid out at the start and people just have to figure out how to succeed within the set of rules they're given, mm. which is obviously a very game-like set of things anyway. Yeah, I, I must admit, right, I'm I'm a bit of a dummy. I, I don't... Uh, I, ha- I really haven't read... Uh, I mean, I read a lot of graphic novels, but uh, talking of prose novels, I just <clears> haven't really read nearly as many of in my adult life. And I think everything I kind of like is gamey in some way. Really? Yeah, and I even think that Cloud Atlas is a little game... It's in, a, in a way, I can't quite explain. There's something about it that structurally reminds me of computer games and taps into that part of my brain. And yeah, like, I see uh, what you mean there. It's, I can't quite explain it either, but I do see what you mean. Mm, yeah, there's yeah. just um, I think Is it that it's like the entire oeuvre of Assassin's Creed? <laughs> yeah. If you if you split up every Assassin's Creed and yeah. organise them in a pyramid I mean, based there on is chronology. A chase through a, yeah, there's yeah. a cyberpunk city and a chase through it. An exciting I mean, yeah, chase that passage yeah. is quite video gaming. <laughs> it's true, yeah. Especially and, the way the Wachowskis depict, depicted yeah. it. Yeah, especially because it, it, it would then cut back to a chase of some old people escaping from an old people's home <laughs> yeah. uh, in the uh, in the present day. Um, but yeah, no, there's some, I think it's something about maybe like what you were saying there, Phil, about how something needs to unlock something in order to, for something to progress. Like there's just something about that in Cloud. I I don't know. I yeah, can't I don't explain know. it. I guess I that's more it. a narrative conceit in Cloud Atlas. I, don't, yeah. I, I, I guess whatever the reasons I like Cloud Atlas for, they're not. They don't really apply to video games, I don't think. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, you, you, you might be right. It might be this the sense of moving between these time frames and you're just suddenly there. I don't know. I can't explain it. Anyway, carry on. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I do like... Um, I guess my... I really love detective games mm. and whodunits and stuff set in like early noir and things like that and I guess that like stems back to my noir genre yeah which is, is my you know yeah. I love Raymond Chandler books I've, I started reading through them in order 
Um, I'm on like book, book six now, um, a couple of years ago, and they are just great bits of um, amazing scene setting and really transport you to that time period, which is why I think I love detective yeah. point-and-click games and games set in LA and games set in the 1940s and stuff like that. So Yeah, and I, I yeah. guess like Elroy books I, I'm kind of yeah. a, a fan of, and I suppose that applies in a similar yeah. fashion. Even stuff like Wolf Among Us has a bit of a noir detective vibe. Mm, and, yeah. And, yeah, obviously. I've, I remember when I read... I, was in a real Raymond Chandler headspace and I watched Ellie Confidential and um, I watched some old film noirs and I replayed Ellie Noir as well and it's like uh, it really does capture that that vibe very mm. well yeah. a lot of people can criticise Ellie Noir for not being noir enough but I never really I think it I think it nails that sort of mood moodiness. Yeah, it, it borrows <clears> enough <throat> uh from LA Confidential to at least yeah. superficially imitate the thing quite yeah. well, you know. <clears throat> um which I think is enough. And uh yeah, yeah. Um but on the on the on the books front I I kind of struggle. Like um I guess uh I'm trying to think if like maybe the graphic novels I read kinda of, like tap into a similar thing of how I like world building to be presented and how I like stories to kind of interlock i suppose all of the batman graphic novels are like are all kind of like mysteries in some way or weave some quite complex ideas together of continuity and strange characters and i don't know i actually can't really explain the connective tissue there but i, I struggle with books actually it's just uh I only very was, different mediums i went for a lot of years of of basically not reading and then i got mm. a kindle um, three years ago and ever since I got that I'm, I'm reading constantly like I really recommend getting a Kindle if you want to get into reading like prose again Yeah, um, it's just such a great thing to have and you can just have it absolutely stuffed with books and yeah I think plus there's so much self-published porn on there oh, <laughs> yeah. you can just really if you want to get some Chuck Tingle <laughs> on there <laughs> yeah but yeah get a Kindle if you want and to nobody knows what you're reading that's my hot tip yeah <laughs> it's just a plain cube <laughs> That's a good tip. I, this is a, this is a quick question, um, but I'll, I'll answer it anyway because I I actually I was slightly alarmed when I read it. Actually, in terms of the, this is from um, Steelman Twenty One as well. In terms of the podcast, are you given free reign over what you discuss? Are there any unspoken topics you'll mutually avoid? I just like the fact your podcast seems one hundred percent genuine, sincere, and uncensored, no matter how off to- topic you guys go. That made me think. Oh, what do we say that's particularly controversial on here? We just we say really game. laid into hard fire that one time. Oh, that's true. Yeah, but mm. then like no, surely no one was like uh, you know bewildered or. Actually, they're probably yeah. bewildered. They weren't offended, you know. Yeah, there's no, I have seen there's people no t- mention how blunt you can be around. I mean, we generally, especially around Twitter questions. Oof, we oh. lay into those guys. Well, that's why I stopped asking Twitter. I just, you know, <laughs> but also the people who are asking on Twitter almost certainly didn't listen to the podcast. So I thought best to just ask our community for the most part. Probably. Yes, yeah. for whether there's any discussion. There's literally no discussion about anything. Like we just come into the room and that's it. The podcast begins. Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. we, we want- don't go ask what what uh, points we're going to hit. You know, with this this cast. Yeah, well, our major talking. Yeah. Points. Yeah, we just the itinerary. Just I mean, we do sort of know things. what games we've been playing anyway yeah. from just conversations. So I think anyone who kind of reads the magazine uh, will probably get that it's kind of just an extension of that, which is what the podcast is always designed to be. Uh, but anyway, yeah. we don't break embargoes or other legal documents. But <laughs> yeah. other than that, <laughs> we're all good, um, unless we do it by accident. Um, <laughs> with the news of Frontier's acquisition of the license of an enduring movie franchise, any speculation about what that movie franchise is? That's from Max Ursa, longtime PC gamer reader. Gremlins. <laughs> just claims me it's got to so, be Gremlins Star Trek came to mind but yeah, that's not really a the, movie franchise is it in the oh. press release they said it was something that suited their expertise and they make space games and roller coaster games so I mean it could be Star Gross. Trek if they're Final using movie as in like if it's going to be based on the you know rebooted license which is predominantly a movie thing yeah, yeah I don't know but like uh, yeah but if you if you were 
creating like some kind of uh, multiplayer space sim world, you'd probably want a slightly more interesting backdrop than Abrams' version of the Star Trek universe, wouldn't you? You may yeah. like that's kind of like tailor made for three action films as opposed to the <laughs> yeah. TV series universe, which is you know yeah. full of guff. I think, but um, at least also you can, can choose your level. Careful of now, I, like, I love TNG. <laughs> but you've got decades of like, like uh, the sun. You've got you've got hundreds of episodes of like <laughs> yeah. world building to tap into, haven't you? Yeah. Um, so that's what makes me think it might not be Star Trek. Is that why would they yeah. call it an enduring movie franchise? It was what was it globally something? What was the wording they used? That renowned, was like globally maybe? renowned. Yeah. Yeah. What could Jaws? Shockala. <laughs> <laughs> Notting Hill. <laughs> okay, then. Well, obviously, we don't know. So. <laughs> Just save I'll, uh, films. <laughs> I'll move on. Um, okay. Uh, people always talk about um, how bad the AI is in this game or that game. What would be the best AI you've ever encountered in a game? That's from Quantonium. I guess Half Life, maybe? Yeah, the Half Life yeah. uh, Marines. Alien Isolation Alien, of course. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah, that's that, probably, no, the, that's one, probably the one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. To the point... it, because you don't know what's smoke and mirrors and what isn't. Like, mm. it, It's quite clever. At well, it does a great job of making the things seem like unpredictable, which is what yeah, I mean, you yeah. want from that. AI, AI is such a difficult thing anyway, because like, as a term, it's asking you to intuit intelligence out of you know a fairly basic set of systems, and like the real question is, <clears throat> are they fun to fight? Which isn't intelligence; it's just do they do interesting things when you shoot at them? Yeah, that's yeah. a better way of thinking about it. Like those things in um, Dead Space Two that um, sort of pop in it. You know, they see you from afar and like scutter away. Mm. What are they calling the stalkers? Right. The Dead Space Two. They were really interesting to fight. I don't know how smart they are, but you get the sense that they are because they see you and will go above you or behind you and stuff like that. So, like in um, a bungee, really like it when their enemies sort of dodge around and sidestep mm. and strafe you or whatever. It's like they're, they're the one yeah. franchise that has like the the strafing power. Which makes them it does work as well when you're lining up. That exactly, yeah. It's, it's, it's an interesting fight. Yeah. It's not yeah. intelligent yeah. in any way. It's just like a, 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 a interesting extra mechanic as a, part of the game. Illusion. Play, yeah. Which game has the best illusion of intelligence? Is a better way of wording it. I um. I think, I think that probably MGS5's AI, which mm. is like um, so so persistent and like um in actually like finding you after they spotted you once um, but the way they kind of like close in on you is actually really impressive mm. yeah. and in the kind of late game when you've um, you've finished all of the main story missions you go back out into the open world they're really really good and you can you still die a lot and like uh, yeah it's uh, they're actually kind of like perfect for what that game requires AI to be I think I've always liked Batman's um, stalker mode where they get more panicked as their numbers decrease that's another thing it's just an illusion but they do they bunch up together and they stand back to back and they sort of fire at stuff randomly it's absolutely what you need to really sell to sell the sort of fantasy of I'm Batman and and Dishonored as well I like how if you take a guard out and the other one notices they aren't on their patrol route they'll Mm. go hey where are you like that you don't see that often in games and it's such a little thing that makes them seem so aware yeah sentient yeah for sure um hmm, okay yeah, that's uh i really like um i'm gonna think about alpha protocol randomly because um recently the thing i wrote about it went online and that has a really dumb system in it where enemies despawn after you've shot them but they only despawn after a certain amount of time and if a guard, another guard sees their body before they despawn, then they're on alert. But if they see it after they despawn, they don't know they're there. 
So, like, that became a real... While I was playing through it, that became like, uh, okay, I've shot him, but I'm going to set off an alert if he sees him. So I'm going to move back to the other room so I'm out of line of sight of that body so it despawns so I can come back. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stupid, stupid thing. Yeah. This, isn't, this isn't quite AI, but this was technically on PC, so we'll talk about it. Mm. Um, but uh, Metal Gear Solid 2... The um, it guard interaction in that yeah. was like I'd never I never experienced anything. I was like gonna it. yeah bring that like, like that was kind of revelatory when I played it as well like how granular it is within like how detailed and we know if just you're shooting out their radio or yeah, shooting their shooting leg, shooting their leg and watch <laughs> them limp away. This, there's, a, there's a video online of of someone just playing with the guards yeah. in interesting ways for like five minutes and it's so even like if you hold them up with a gun like they obviously panic. Some of them are stubborn and like yeah. won't. And refusing if you hold if you oh, hold them up with to a, shoot me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And if you hold them up with a stinger launcher, they piss themselves. <laughs> it's just a brilliant touch because you because Kojima or whoever went, oh, so a player's probably going to try and hold him up with a rocket launcher. What's the right oh, it, reaction to that? It's even things of like um, if you get one up from behind and you drop your gun or you just like you rest your gun, um, he'll still be he'll still have his hands up. But if you yeah. rest your gun in front of him, he'll get his gun out and start yeah. shooting at you. That's amazing. And this was 2001. Yeah, and that games still don't. I haven't seen games with. Yeah, most games do not have yeah. that level of detail to their thing. Right? Yeah, it's so good. And the reason I spent so long in that tanker demo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like um, it was the idea that you could sort of shoot out a guard, uh, shoot out a guard's leg, so he's kind of like hobbling dart him, send him to sleep, and then get out the coolant spray and wake him up again and then torture him some more. Like, it sounds a bit yeah, sick. I did a lot of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I spent most of MGS2 doing that. There wasn't a lot else to MGS2, so, you know, that was uh, that was good. Okay, cool. This is a uh, uh, another good question. Are there any good games based off a movie or book? That's from Harper64. There are some really obvious answers to this, obviously. <clears throat> Alien Isolation. Isolation. Blade Runner. Shadow of Mordor. Um, yeah, uh, let's think. What else? Blade Runner is like... Is- in fact, does Blade Runner follow the events of a film? Nah, it's a it new story. They are all new stories set within like the universe. Well, it's like, why in my reading style I made the point that it's a new story, but despite the size of this futuristic metropolis, your investigation takes you to all the same locations yeah. as Deckard's investigation took him. And you do see Deckard in the background a few times and mentions mm. of him, but yeah, it's it's not a great game, but it is. I'd say it was a good version attempt to make a film. I think it also, um, because of the angles you see certain environments at, it still makes it feel like you're seeing new parts of that yeah, world. Yeah, because you, you can know? scroll along and see more of it. And Yeah. yeah it's it's, it's yeah. like if you could turn the camera around in the film, if you had control yeah. of the camera. It's just, that's, I think that's, that's enough. That's cool, to, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you do, like, you go to, like, choose iLab, and then you go to the Animoid Row, and then you go to the Terrell Pyramid, and then you go to the White Dragon Noodle Bar, and it's like... Yeah, that's really small. This <laughs> it's like if you're it's in Los Angeles, there's a lot what of a really coincidental <laughs> mystery. This just, is <laughs> just get a, like, a cyberpunk Uber and uh, drive to a, <laughs> and you know go to a burger bar or something. Um, but yeah, uh, those are all the really there are new locations. I should be fair to it. They did. There's like an amusement <laughs> arcade and like a CD underbelly pony district, and they did add some new ones. I don't know why I'm uh, no one from Westwood is probably. <laughs> No. Almost certainly Cats. not. Almost certainly, and yeah, um, yeah. I mean, Westwood yeah. no longer exists, so yeah. I kind of assume it must be easier to like make a story set within a universe than it is to just like, oh, you're doing a tie-in film, and that means yeah. you've got to hit like all the plot, unless you're Lego, in which case, <laughs> uh, that that works. Yeah, uh, it's been bad. I mean, it's been obviously some high-profile bad ones, yeah. like the Da Vinci Code game, <laughs> that Bond conspiracy that was based on the book. So some people like that, Damon didn't they? It, and some yeah. people quite like that one. Uh, some people are mad. It was ro- <laughs> it was clearly marked as Robert Ludlum's 
the Bond conspiracy. Yeah, it's, like, it's not Matt Damon. It's the, yeah. It's, yeah, we couldn't afford Matt Damon. So yeah, <laughs> has there been any like the? I guess was Gold it June? Is the one that everybody is? Yeah, Gold Knight. No, I don't think that's a good game. <laughs> that's I know that everyone it loves was that a game. Good game. Yeah, but like um, honestly, I it's a game where you your strafing is faster than you running forwards. <laughs> that is, it's got a that's- few, that that's most PC FPSs from the nineties, though. Uh, yeah. I guess so, <laughs> like, yeah. if you watch any speedrun, they're always diagonally moving because it's faster to strafe or move diagonally than to move forward. That's just yeah. what games were for some reason. Wasn't the yeah, June game good? The RTS. Oh yeah, that was also by mm. Westwood, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, they obviously had a good uh, a good line in doing that stuff. Although I suppose that was more an adaptation of the. Books. Oh yeah, yeah. So we are talking yeah. about books as well, aren't we? Of yeah. course. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I suppose those are the obvious examples. We're all kind of slightly interested in what yeah, Avengers games will turn stuff, up. I guess. Yeah. yeah. I I've not read The Wolf Among Us, but. Mm, well, I, yeah, I hear that's good, and obviously the, I've not played the other seasons of The Walking Dead, but the first was definitely better the than the TV good. show, um, which has been an absolute pile of ass recently, in my opinion. Um, okay, cool. Those seems like that seems like some good answers. I'll uh, make this the last one then. What's the best one here? Let's see. Uh, this is quite good. There you go. There it is. Um, <laughs> uh, I actually wonder if this is a bit too hard to answer. Yeah, I'll pick that one instead. Are there any 7 out of 10 games from 2016 that you recommend? That's from F Flag. Um, yeah, two. Um, Watch Dogs 2 and Far Cry Primal. Thanks to Ubisoft, you had a real 7 out of 10 year, 2016. Well, that's, uh, that, I, I think there's no shame in that, because both those games are very fun. Set they're very entertaining. Nice they're just, yeah, there's, there's not a lot to them that you'd really... Rave about, but they were they were solid. Yeah. Uh, was everybody's got another Rapture twenty sixteen yeah, on PC? Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, I'd say that was a very strong seven out of ten. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, yes, um, yeah, very very worthy game nonetheless. But I'd not s- a, by no means a great one. Quite un, not much, not much interactivity. A lot of slowly walking and hmm. few through fields, which yeah. is fine. But that was good. I'd give yeah. ins- I'd give Inside a seven. I think um, yeah. didn't you review it and give it that a similar yeah. score, which is, I, I think a lot of people deem quite harsh, but that probably is how yeah, I feel was, about it. I think even internally there was some. <laughs> Virginia is another one. A lot of people went went nuts for mm. that, but I I can give it a seven. Didn't I? I think it's a, a That's really right interesting score, game, but yeah, I didn't absolutely love it. Firewatch. I yeah. think it was a seven out of ten. As yeah, well, I give so I give yeah. it an eight. I'd say that was in it. Sorry, that's an eight. <laughs> a great in my, in my head, but... that's an eight. <laughs> I think I had more problems with the ending of it than you did. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, uh, no, I don't know about that. Um, yeah, but other games from last year have not really, no, not, nothing really comes to mind. But um, yeah, these are all still good games. Hopefully, mm. that's a sign that we we still consider seven to be, uh, you know, a good score and uh, yeah, yeah, a recommendation. Um, okay, cool. Well, that's uh, that's the podcast for this week. I think that was a reasonably long one. And uh, yes, yeah. um, we will be back uh, next week. Uh, I realise that, that the time that we release these is very variable, and that's because we're always very busy, uh, particularly in the run-up to on. the um, PC Gamer Weekender, which is coming up uh, next weekend from when we're recording this on February 18th and 19th in London. Um, if you use either me or Phil's surname, Savage or Roberts, you get 20% off tickets. We have a new issue out now uh, this week, uh, which has Mass Effect Andromeda on the cover, as well as features on Pillars of Eternity 2 and uh, loads of other stuff that I can't recall right now. And he revisited Assassin's Creed 2. There is other cool stuff in there. I mean, uh, Sam did some dumb stuff in Space Engineers. That was really fun. Yeah, it's a great issue um, full of cool stuff. You can find that in uh, shops now, and it'll be out soon in the US as well. Um, And yes, uh, that is all the stuff I have to promote, and Mm -hmm. that is the end of the podcast. See you next week.